fate of America certainly depends on the outcome of the present war that's being waged right now on American soil, if you can believe that. So far, there hasn't been a war where bullets are flying and there's no bombs dropping from the skies, but the war is much more insidious, much more dangerous, because it is primarily a propaganda war, a war of censorship, a war that is silencing people through fear. And it's a war that's being won, so it seems, because of our own inaction. And among the most censored, the most silenced, and perhaps the most silent and the least active has been actually the Christian church, the body of Christ. And that's kind of upsetting to me because of a weaponized pandemic, churches were shut down everywhere. And they were canceled and they were put into a state of fear by a ruthless domestic enemy called government. And because we failed to heed the warnings of the very few watchmen who actually did blow the trumpets, we are now facing the real and imminent threat of America's total collapse. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip, your host, on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Today, I would like you to meet a very special grassroots patriot who I think has a really good message and a lot of insight into the role of the Christian in a revolutionary fight for a free America. And that's what we're after, for a nation that truly behaves as though it is one nation under God. And with that in mind, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Paul Cantrell, a house church minister, a small business owner, and an officer of the Free Oregon Group, where he serves as a spiritual advisor. Paul has been actively fighting to preserve our constitutional values and our Christian principles in a state that conservatives would consider a very target-rich environment, the deeply blue state of Oregon. And so I am glad that you could join me today, Paul. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Stephen. It's my honor to uh, be here with you today. So, Paul, you know, some people consider Free Oregon to be a rather radical group. I've heard that. And because I think it's because they're speaking the truth plainly, you know, they're exposing corruption without hesitation and they are bold. And so would you explain what led you to actually join this group? Is this an act of God did this, or did this just happen by coincidence? And then tell me if you would, what exactly is your role in free Oregon? You know, it's uh really a total um act of god it's just kind of an amazing story uh how it even started you know i'm a small business owner here in tualatin tigard it's just a sub of uh, uh the portrait metroplex here and you know as a lot of us a few years ago when uh all the businesses were being shut down like i said i'm a small business owner so i have a lot of my friends in the community have small businesses and I was just watching as their businesses were being taken from them because uh, they weren't, air quotes, essential. 
Um, and a lot of my friends that were in the restaurant industry, which have little margin as it is, I was just getting calls constantly asking for prayer and uh, being very dis disrod of how helpless they felt to not even being able to uh, work and provide for their families. And I was in my prayer closet one morning praying for them um, in frustration. And uh, it wasn't audible, but it was as close to as audible as I've ever heard God. And uh, while I was praying, um, he stopped me and he said, uh, Paul, do you know who your mayor is? I said, no. He said, do you know who sits on your city council? I said, no. He says, do you even know who sits as the, on the school board? or the principal at the middle school two blocks away from your house? And I said, no. And then he said something to me that really embarked me on this journey. He said, well, then, Paul, you're not praying, you're complaining. And in that horrible moment, I remembered just hearing stories of my grandfather about um, just Omaha Beach and dropping Marines off and just everything that not only uh, we went through then, but just his um, disrespect of, of freedom and what some people paid the ultimate cost for and realized in that moment that I had not properly stewarded this amazing gift called freedom that have been given to me at, at the highest cost. And so that's kind of how it started. And in that moment, I, I was just a blubbering mess on the floor and realized that I didn't even really went down ticket. You know, I, I said I voted, but you know, I never went down more than one or two on the ballot. And uh, and so uh, that election cycle that it came around next, um, the one that, you know, we could have discussions and I'm sure we all have on whether it was legitimate or not. But I went down ticket on everybody on there for the first time in my life. And I realized how many people on there I could not find information about. It was just a very uh, sobering experience. But and then I started, I asked God what, I, you know, what to do. And he just said, started a group. So I started a small men, a group of men from my church. You know, at that time, uh, we had moved to house churches. We just felt led to at my church to do that. And then I was one of the house church leaders. And so I started a group on Tuesdays with just men in my community that were sick of throwing shoes and stuff at our tv and wanted to at least get together and talk and we started going into history we each took turns uh, picking a battle that we felt like we wanted to talk about and god was speaking to us through then and then uh, one day i got a knock at my door and again this is probably seven to twelve guys and i opened the door and there uh stood somebody i recognized and i was like i know you from somewhere and in that moment i was like wait a minute I voted for you, and it was Ben Edel. By God's providence, no other reason, he found my small business, I mean, my small men's group, and for, we're still trying to figure out exactly how he figured. That's why I literally was the act of God, and he, and he came down to our group, and he talked about what he was doing. Um, he talked about wanting to dis starting to get involved politically. After, he obviously uh, went for uh, Tigard City Council. And uh, he, he didn't win that position, but he was trying to get involved and was starting this group called Free Oregon. And so he talked a lot about um, unity of, of, of conservatives and people on our side. And he talked, if anybody knows Ben, he talked a lot. 
And then at the end, uh, we brought him and I said, felt like I was supposed to pray for him. I prayed for him. I had a word about him and his family and, uh, he totally broke down. And after that, um, he asked me to come and be a part of a free organ. And that's kind of how it started. We started with like four or five people on a zoom call and now it's grown to what it is. And, uh, basically, uh, he just first started asking me if I would just pray after all of our uh, our Zoom town halls. And then, um, you know, I, I'll show up and bring sound equipment. I'll help with events. You know, I have uh, 10 kids and a small business, so I mainly just encourage. I ended up dealing with a lot of problems. And, you know, as any groups go, as even Billy Graham said, you know, you find the per- perfect person, I'll find the perfect church. And so as, uh, you know, there's always problems that come up and everything and I just kind of get leaned on for uh, when problems arise and I try to bring again God as the center and uh, and try to uh, counsel people and through love and work it out and move forward that's kind of how it started Paul I, I think that's pretty exciting it's it's very interesting to me that you uh, stated that you had a little bit of a problem with the stewardship uh, regarding the gift of freedom. And I think that is something that so many people just don't seem to be awake to. You know, I mean, we have been a nation so richly blessed and so spoiled. And because we have had it for so long, so easy, and everything that we want, everything we desire, pretty much, it's here in the United States. And uh, for me to see the deceitfulness of riches take over a nation, um, I think that it has a tremendous impact on a negative way when it comes to preserving freedom and recognizing even, as you said, that freedom is a gift from God and it's something that we must never take for granted. What I'm interested in is... Um, when, you know, if, if people understood uh, Ben Idle, who he is, um, I would think that, you know, he seems, he seems, seems to come across a little bit as a bulldozer, but he's right in what he says, and he's right to the point, and he doesn't play games, and I really like that, but some people get intimidated um, with such a person, how did you interact with Ben and what impact do you actually think you had on Ben? Because if you're impacting Ben, who is the founder of free Oregon, um, then you obviously have some influence. I mean, what do you think that, that your impact actually is on this, uh, founder of free Oregon? Well, I, uh, Really, I think it, even as an, even as us as men, and even as a country, and I think a lot of our problems can be come back to an identity crisis, right? I just, and I think with Ben, I've reminded him of who he is, and um, even even in family, you know, and what God's hit me with is to be a good father, whether that is in a leader. Right. Whether that's in our home, whether it's in our community or even on our state. Uh, first, we have to know we're sons. Right. And that is what I continue to speak over Ben and pray for him is like, listen, this is and this is what I've been saying to him a lot lately is and he's 
he's realized and agreed with me that this is a spiritual battle we're in, right? This is not even partisan lines. This is not red versus blue. This is not, you know, Democrat, Republican, all these things that I believe purposely are the choices they're giving us. If we look around and we're really honest, this is a battle between good and evil. And if this is a spiritual battle, then how do we expect to fight it or even win it if we're using not spiritual weapons? So I tried to encourage him on the uh, spiritual side, what what we're fighting and why we're fighting. And when we walk in integrity and when we walk in truth, that we invoke something bigger than ourselves. Okay. Well, that sounds really good. And I think it sounds like um, I, I cannot disagree with that more than what you've emphasized that this is absolutely a spiritual battle. What we are seeing unfolding in America is unprecedented and uh, a lot of people, including a lot of Christians, try to explain it in different ways, even saying, oh, this is biblical. But, the, you know, the truth is every day of our lives has been biblical since the foundation of the world. However, let's just let the rubber hit the road here in light of the overwhelming abuses, you know, that we have seen with masking, with vaccine mandates, with the lockdowns that killed so many people across the globe, and then the censorship and um, opposing early treatment of COVID patients, punishing people, punishing doctors for that, for just doing what they were trained to do. Um, you know, talking about the real practical stuff here, what position ought we as Christians to take against this? In other words, should we just be praying and just leave uh, the rest to God? Or do you think that there is something that we ought to be doing? And what does the Bible say about that? Well, you know, I usually start, especially with, you know, when, and I'm sure you've heard this other uh, perspective of Romans 13 out of context. Um, I, I come right back with, do you realize the guy that wrote that and wrote uh, most of the books of the New Testament, um, a lot of them were written from the dirt ground of a jail cell because he would not comply with the governing authorities. There is, you know, just as it says, faith without works is nothing. And we even think about, you know, I've been doing a lot of studying lately just of the black robe regiment that, that we would not have a declaration of independence, even a country for that matter, if it was not for brave pastors that uh, put it all on the line to give us this beautiful thing called freedom and uh, this awesome country that we live in. You know, I, I, I look at the guys uh, that lived in, um, and I see the bravery and the courage and, and, and it evokes something in me, because if we believe what we believe in biblical principles and and not only that, but that we are really immortal. Right. We go to heaven. We should be the most fearless people that walk the earth. And I and I think for some of the reasons that you've already stated, we've just had it so good for so long that we've really forgotten what it cost and what people before us went through you know i as moving forward i a lot of times as having 10 children you know i've had a lot of perspective at the beginning of this of i owe them to have the beautiful thing of freedom that i so took for granted but you know a lot more than 
and that I've been reading about um, just brave pastors and people that have fought and gave everything is I, I, I owe also the saints that came before me. And, um, you know, I, I've been reading a lot about the revolutionary war and you said something just the, um, earlier, just the, the revolution that we, that we are so upon the, this point in history where the, we can all feel this fork in the road that we are undeniably at. And, and, if the church would rise up and be called who, who it's called to be, I believe all this could be over very quickly. Um, it, well, it's, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, let me just read Romans chapter 13, just the first two verses, because this is where a lot of Christians really get hung up. Romans 13, yes. 1 and 2 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, this is a pretty damning statement if you don't put it into context, because a lot of Christians feel like if they're going against the government, however derelict or rogue or sinister the government is, they feel like that they are acting somehow against God's wishes. And that is not acting against God's wishes. It is acting in accordance with God, just as the apostles who were released from prison by the Holy Spirit said, we ought to obey God rather than men, and went on to preach the gospel, even though the government told them to stop it. They were, in fact, being censored back in that time. And this is where a lot of Christians seem to get very confused very easily. When the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans, he was speaking, first of all, about, uh, about salvation itself, about the the message where one could be saved through grace by faith uh, in Christ because of the blood of Christ. But he goes into great detail about saying, what our responsibility is as a Christian. And he says in verse seven of chapter 13, render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due customs to whom customs fear to whom fear. And that word fear in the Greek means respect and honor to whom honor. But the truth is that whenever the government opposes God, then we ought to side with God. And that's a real frustrating thing that I see, because when I look at the abuses taking place in the name of the pandemic and the government stating that we know what's best for you and therefore you will mask up and therefore everybody should take this injection that has, has been proven to be very, very harmful. Uh, when you add up all those clues and say, no, this is not from God, this is evil, then it's time for Christians to take a stand. And the truth is, we hear of only a very few Christians who are really ready and willing to take a stand against all the government abuses that we are facing right now. Now, has the Christian community, do you think, the church, that is, has the church failed us in this time of crisis, Paul? What do you think? Um, unfortunately, I, 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 have to, I have to totally agree with you. We, uh, we, have, we have failed to be the four 
forerunners of bravery and courage. You know, um, even the beginning of this country, um, even the shot that got heard around the world, um, uh, Jonas Clark was the pastor of that church. And the first people that died in, uh, to get our freedom were, were people of that congregation. And uh, we, the, the truth of the matter is we wouldn't have a, a country if it wasn't for brave pastors. And I know one time we had talked, we had talked about Charles Finley and the Great Awakening. And uh, his letter really hit home to me, basically saying if our country has gone into chaos and away from God, that, that the pulpit and the um, evangelical leaders are at fault. And uh, even in scripture, he says, ask not that you would not be a leader because we are held to a higher account. And my frustration and what I see is um, people sacrificing their principles and their moral absolutes uh, for uh, comfortable, being comfortable and um, going along with it. And uh, But that being said, you can really see the product of that in churches, especially in my area, that have uh, decided to still mask. And even though, I mean, they know that it doesn't work. They know that there's no science behind it, um, but they're still complying with it. And, and then wonder why that their congregations are dwindling to anything. And then I see churches that have taken a stand, my church included, that have never masked that... Um, um, refuse to comply with ungodly rules or mandates and man we we can't we can't get a bigger building quick enough there is something although there is a lot of churches that are in complying what i am realized is the even in scripture when it says the harvest is ripe but the workers are few i really think there there is an awakening happening and if and I talk to a lot of pastors and I say, listen, you just people don't follow titles. They follow courage. And if you I guys would act, that. act, encourage, watch what happens. You know, and and there is a shift, though. I will say there is a shift. I, I am very I have been very frustrated. I will be honest with you with a lot of the um uh, pastors and churches in my area. I've been trying to get them together. I've been trying to um, get them activated and uh, uh, motivated to come and help and support people in their community and in, in bravery. And um, I've gotten a lot of uh, um, voicemails and a lot of uh, um, we don't want to get involved, I'll be honest. And it's been very disheartening. But I just recently in the last three or four months, I've I've gotten a lot more feedback and a lot more people that saying they want to get involved. So the tide is turning. Um, but yeah, I've been pretty like many of us. I've been very frustrated with the church body. I did. You know what it is? It's a pandemic of fear. It's fear. It really at the core of it, everything and every choice you make in life can at its core element, either can come back from love and fear. And I see a church act. I see a lot of churches in my area acting out in fear. Fear well, that they'll lose congregates, fear that they'll be, you know, um, get fined, fear that, you know, it, it's fear. And we know um, we know what is the uh, the author of fear. And it isn't um, 
It isn't God and it isn't our Savior. And uh, no, absolutely. It's a fact. In fact, if you read through the scriptures and uh, if, if someone wants to have a real good eye opener, read what the Bible says about the fear of God. Because yes. in scripture, we are told to fear God. And yes. if we fear God, there's no other fear that can control right. us and empower us. And when it comes to having courage, and we need courage in a time like ours, um, we need the fear of God even to motivate us to say, you know what, I don't want to be uh, meeting the Lord when I die and having the Lord saying, well, you know, why didn't you feed me? Why didn't you clothe me? Why didn't you yeah. protect me when I could not protect myself? Uh, so, you know, we have a responsibility to protect those who cannot protect themselves. And that includes the children. It includes the people who just don't know better with regard to science. They don't even know they're being duped, although the evidence is now overwhelming. But um, when it comes to doing such a thing as, as civil disobedience, um, that's a hard thing for Christians to do and for many people who are raised to obey the rules because that's what most people at least try to do um, superficially. Do you have any uh, position on civil disobedience, Paul? I mean, some would say this is acting against God's will. Others say it's, it is sometimes our duty as Christians. What's your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Again, we, we only have the freedom, you know, like the uh, pilgrims that came over, even on Malatha, they came over for freedom of religion. They wanted to be able to worship God in the way they saw fit. They believed the New Testament preaching that because of the sacrifice of, of Jesus and his blood, that we all have the right to boldly go to the throne room and have our personal relationship with God and have the ability to read the Bible and have intimacy with him first and, and each other. And, um, and so our, this country, since we're talking about the, uh, the state of it right now, we have the greatest country ever in the history of recording because it was based upon godly, principles in the judea christian belief system on on that our rights come from god not government and government's all job was to keep and protect religious conscience and the freedom of the individual not the other way around and 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 so i see um even now how i started at the beginning of this that um, because of us not getting involved and paying attention and to our communities. And, you know, I think the silver lining to all this that the people are waking up to is even not even by choice, but necessity that we're starting to take personal responsibility back, whether it be in your field, our health, right? Whether it be our education, whether it be the people that lead us in our communities, um, we can see very much how, how, how corrupt and how they don't, they don't have our interests at heart. And so um, because of those things, I see an awakening happening, people getting involved in their local communities, because I do believe and part of why I like and I'm still involved in, and feel have a lot of faith in pre-organ and what we're doing on a smaller level is the, 
the threat of our constitution that it's hanging by comes down to a local level, comes down to a local community. And um, civil disobedience is, is the birthplace of this country, right? Absolutely. You know, the, the British, the tours were coming in. They actually had uh, prices on pastors' heads. There was pastors at the time that preached with a musket leaning up against the podium because they had assassins in, in their congregation that were trying to kill them, right? Because they were stoking this fire of self-governance and uh, freedom under God, not under king. And uh, so... It, you know, I, I guess my frustration is, is when I hear that is we obviously don't know our history, right? Because this great place was birthed out of civil disobedience. And not only really do was. I say it's something, uh, not only do I say it's our, uh, um, we have to do it, but I believe it's our duty. It's our duty, right? That's what our forefathers said. If uh, uh, when tyranny becomes law, um, rebellion becomes duty. And uh, I think I think and especially as a church, when we believe who we are, that we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives in us. Greater things will we do. Right. That we should be the most fearless and influential people in our communities. And I think for too long, we've had pastors um, become uh, program directors and entertainers and stop preaching the, the, the truth and liberty that is in these beautiful pages of this amazing book that we read. And, Most um, and, and I, I, I see a return. I see a return to that. I honestly, Stephen, I think it has to get worse before it gets better. But the, the silver lining to that is um, we will realize not just the cost of what this beautiful thing called freedom is, right? Because freedom isn't free, but we'll also understand each of our individual responsibilities to watering that tree of freedom. And the simple, simple acts of disobedience in our community. And, it, you know, they... You know, it's interesting because I have a, a business, a water leak business, and, um, you know, you would look in the media and you would think that the, we are in the small majority. But even in the Portland Metroplex, you know, I have randomly 40 people come through my area, my my doors. And what I've realized is, and, you know, not very many people do what I do. So I get people from all over Portland, you know, Canby, the coast, you know, one thing that I do, I don't have a whole lot of competition. So I say that to say water leaks and cars do not care your political affiliation. Don't care what church you go to. Don't care what color your skin is. And I would say, Stephen, 40% of the people that come through my doors believe what we believe, even in Portland. That's it. Do you hear that? That's just amazing to hear that. Even in 40% Portland, Portland okay, 40% are openly believe what we believe. Okay. There's 15% probably the people that I see that are, you know, totally deceived, like, you know, Brilly Graham said, even he says, you know, the problem with deceit is you don't know you're deceived. Right. But they 15 percent are, you know, come in with six masks and they're all walking in fear, you know. And then. Uh, so if my if my math does correctly, what is that, 30 percent or something somewhere in that area or in the middle, know something is up and even maybe believe what we believe, but are too scared. Right. And, and that's where the role of the Christian comes in. We need Absolutely. to learn to speak up. Absolutely. Well, 
Paul, we're going to take a short break here and then we'll be right back with some very interesting discussion. Please don't go away. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. Constitution is the most magnificent document on earth. We are America Out Loud. Join us as we celebrate the genius of our founding fathers. You can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. And welcome back. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise. Today, I have been speaking with Pastor Paul Cantrell on Unity Without Compromise. Uh, this show airs, by the way, on Saturday and Sunday at 12 and 5 Eastern Time. It then goes to podcast. I also write weekly columns for America Out Loud. You can get access to that on AmericaOutloud.com. If you haven't yet read my book, Unity Without Compromise, I do encourage you to tackle it because as we live in a time when unity among Christians and among freedom-loving patriots has, uh, has never been more needed than now, the book is available at America Outlaw Bookstore on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and you can even get it on eBay. And I would encourage you to read that. And... 
now what I'd like to do is uh, get back to our discussion. And we have been talking about the role of the Christian church in saving America. Now, it's no secret that America is under siege. Things are happening, and we are in a time where things are, are going to continue to deteriorate if, uh, if we don't um, change something. Something has to give. And what that something is, I don't know uh, necessarily because I don't have all the answers. But there is one thing that we have to realize is that if you stand for liberty and for freedom, then in essence, you are standing for Jesus Christ. And if you are a freedom-loving patriot, then by all means, please join the fight. And Paul, I would just like to ask you a question. Um, can you just tell me the truth about this? What is, as a Christian, how far actually would you go in defending our homeland as a free republic? Because, you know, you mentioned, you, you said, um, okay, uh, our founding fathers um, had a, a key role, obviously, in giving us that gift of freedom. And the leaders of the church, the actual pastors of congregations, joined the fight, took up arms. And what limits should we set on that, or should we? Obviously, we want a peaceful settlement to this problem. But what if that is not to be found? What do you think the real answer is? And how far would you go in defending your homeland? You know, um, look at the people that came before us. And the thing that that uh, we look through history is, you know, we can passively sit by and let socialism come in, but the only way out of it is a firearm. And why we all have to get engaged and do everything now is if we don't do it and get do everything we can now, it'll be our children that will be dying in the streets to get it back. You know, uh, there's so many famous sermons of a brave pastors, even in the Revolutionary War, that, that led fights. They weren't just chaplains that actually picked up muskets and were the leaders in a, a lot of militias and a lot of battles over them. One of them was Peter Gabriel Newberg. And he had a big famous sermon, and he said, uh, in the middle of it, he said, do you think America should be conquered so that I should be safe? And he said, I would rather fight like a man than die like a dog. And, you know, these are the guys that came before us. And, uh, you know, so many of the um, saints of the faith um, – gave everything, including uh, Paul and Peter and uh, people even in the Bible. Um, I, you know, and I realized that me saying that in this moment is, is, is comfortable from uh, where I sit now. But I know that if it comes to, uh, comes to it, I would hope with the Holy Spirit that I could, I could say like our famous forefathers, give me liberty or give me death. And um, I think we have it's time for the church to have that kind of resolve to understand this moment in history that we're in, 
because history will be written about what we do now. And I understand that history is written by the winners, but I believe when we have God on our side in truth that, and we know how it ends, that, that, that we will win and we pr will prevail. But I think it so um, importantly said and stated that you came down to that. We all have to come to grips with that right now. What are you willing to do? Is it worth it? Is the freedom of your family and future generations worth it? Because we either stand up now or we will destine our children and for, like Reagan said, future generations to a thousand years of darkness. And it, it, it sounds dramatic, but it truly is. It, it, that we are in this precipice uh, uh, moment in history. You know, there, there are centuries, nothing happened. And then there are moments where centuries of things happen. And I really believe that we're in that kind of moment. And we all need to have that resolve. And, and I encourage I encourage everybody to to research true history of where we've came from and, and what people have done in the wars or, you know, I think part of the problem we've come to in this digital age is, you know, we, we've lost the passing of the chort, uh, torch of people that have walked before us because of this thing and iPhone and so quick to get information. We've lost the honor and respect hearing people's stories and testimonies, right? Where like even in Revelation, it says we battle the enemy by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we've really lost the respect and honor of the word of our testimony of people that have walked before us. I encourage everybody to talk to, you know, there are World War II veterans still around, the people that have fought on the battlefield and what they've went through. And, uh, and I remember hearing my grandfather talk about well, just the, the carnage of what he saw. And he, he stood up and shook and honored every Marine he met. He said, well, they were the bravest men he ever met in his life. Didn't matter their color, didn't matter their stature. He stood up wherever he was at as soon as he heard you were a Marine and you served and shook their hand and said, thank you. And, and, and I just remember that. It, it, it marred me. It, it, it marked me. And, and I think that this digital age, and, and by design, I believe that we've really lost the respect and honor of the people that came before us. And, and it comes down to, like you said, what will you be willing to do for this beautiful thing called freedom, not just for you, but for future generations? And the other side of that, are we going to be the generation that loses it? I refuse. I refuse. I want to look at my kids and my grandkids when they ask me what I did. I want to be able to look at them straight in the eye and said, son, grandson, I did everything that I could. Yes, definitely. And, I, so. and definitely. I think and I think all of us need to get in our prayer closets and and come to that resolve and realize where we're at and get and get involved. You know, I, I think. There's such a, a magnification on everybody's gifts, you know, just even in scripture, how it says, you know, the arm can't tell the, the head and the head can't tell the, the shoulder. We all have a part to play and it's time to use, you know, it, just as you're walking on this talk show or me doing a, you know, a small business and talking to people, what, whatever the mandate, I believe everybody has a mandate and calling on their life. And whether that's drawing, whether that's uh, music, whether that's uh, speaking, whether that's, you know, finance, whatever that gift is, it needs to be placed on the altar of liberty in this time. And uh, we need we need we need that we are in that moment. 
Um, and, you know, and, Paul, and it, when I when I think that people might be really lacking is is mentors in this day and age. If we look to yeah. the north right now, I mean, look at what we're seeing. We are seeing truckers showing us how it was done. The doctors couldn't get it done. Mm. The scientists couldn't mm. get it done. And here we have mm. truckers up there actually feet on the ground, wheels rolling, letting the trucks roll, and they're making a statement. And again, look to the north. Look at this Canadian pastor, Artur Palowski. Again, he was arrested by a SWAT team just recently at his Calgary home, right? Just as he was leaving to speak to a pro-freedom group of protesters in Alberta. Now, the fact that this man is uniquely standing out for keeping his church open and for doing things like feeding the homeless and for defending freedom, it's a really sad testimony to the church, is it not? I mean, why is he so alone? But then again, as you said, Paul, that, you know, this might be what it takes to shake people up and to wake people up, because you're right, we are all members of one body, we all play a different role, but it's important to play the role and to do your part. And that's what we must remember, we cannot be sitting at home shaking our heads, whining and complaining, or tweeting our lives away when we, in fact, do nothing. That is not going to get us a victory in this war to save America and to save many other countries from the hell that will happen when God is removed from any society. Well, you know, it's What's interesting about the two people you mentioned, and I can't help but think about it. Hey, Pulaski, he, he's Polish and he walked through communism, right? He, he is one generation away from the oppression of what uh, tyranny truly looks like. And I've seen that a lot. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I talk to Russians and um, Yugoslavians and a lot of people that have lived, even Chinese that I've met. And they're the biggest ones jumping up and down because they are recently they've seen this play before. It's not a new playbook. This is the same playbook that's been used throughout history. Right. Government wants to be the God. There cannot be any other authority over them. And so uh, Pulaski, he has the resolve, I believe, in what I've. What I've already kind of mentioned is because he's seen it firsthand. He's seen the stories of his parents and the oppression they went through. My good friend that uh, he works for me, he's Russian. His grandfather spent 16 years in a Siberian prison of his life because he would not stop preaching the gospel. And they come here and they came to this great, amazing place and country in the United States. And they are the ones that are jumping up and down the loudest because they they know what true oppression looks like. And even I think it's amazing the truckers, right? You know, what, what hits me and when I even saw that going on, I thought about who got who did God call? They called the fishermen, right? Right. The, right. the, the, the blue collar every day to show up hard workers. Right. He he uses the meetings of these world to confound the wise. And, you know, and and that's my you know what? That's my hope for for Portland. Right. If you, you know, as well as I do, as in you're down there in the land of the free right now, uh, besides the border breaking down. So I guess we'll see how long it's free. <laughs> but but uh, uh, you really feel it when you come here. And when you tell people that you're from Portland, two things happen. Either they laugh at you or they put their hand on you in a, in a very solemn way and say, I'll pray for you, brother. Right. And to me that screams and why I have hope for this area is what if 
just like God, to take one of the most helpless, hopeless places and do something miraculous and show the world what can happen when people unite under freedom and under God. And that's my hope. That's my Most hope. Definitely. Most definitely. And, it, and, it, and it's a hope that will, that will yield results if only we will obey the Lord. That's what that's it, it takes. Definitely. That's so. It. so, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, what we are really facing right now is another Holocaust. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you talk about yep. people dying. Uh, there don't have to be bullets flying for that to happen. We see people yep. dying, succumbing to all kinds of things right now. The atrocities that are taking place in hospitals, people are dying wow. from the NIH yep. protocol uh, for every admitted patient. And we're seeing patients that are, are succumbing to severe depression. People are giving up, losing hope and surrendering their lives, committing suicide just because they have no hope. And this is the one thing that is stronger than fear. And that is hope. And a hope will cause people to rouse up, to stand up and to do things like they are doing in Canada right now. But if the church is silent on the freedom issue, then the church is not doing its job. If the church yep. dares not to enter the political arena or to discuss the Bill of Rights, which do include the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, then the church has absolutely failed, uh, failed the institution that God created to shed light on the world. What ought we to be doing if we call ourselves Christians. And that is an answer that each one of us must ask ourselves, but ask it honestly, because the Christian church does have a huge role in saving America. I don't, it doesn't have to be a radio show like Stephen or what God placed you in. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. It starts out small with just saying, Lord, there's something here that I know isn't right. You have, cre me, you have created me with purpose and design. I trust you over man. And here I am, Lord, what, where would you place me? What would you have me say? And, and if we would just rise up and say, I'm open and available, it's amazing what God can do in your life. And, very well um, said. Very well and, said. And, and, and if you are not part of a church with a pastor that is acting out in courage and liberty, then I'm sorry to tell you, you need to find a different church. That might be a harsh word. It might be, but it, it's the truth. The time is limited. There is something to be said of the, the gathering of the saints that gather around the truth of the gospel and the liberty that it provides. And if you are not part of that, then I suggest you find uh, a church because there is a covering god works in authority and covering there is something that's transferred from the people that are leaving the congregation and so you know i let your voice be heard with where you at but if you are not at a church or um the gathering uh, of one then um my encouragement is to find one because um they need you they need you there they need people to um, engage. They need people to help. They need people to love on others. They need people to be as hands and feet because there is tremendous need out there in our communities. And sure. where there is su suffering, there is an amazing opportunity for God to use you to be part of the solution and to be his hands and feet of love and redemption in their life. And so, um, and there's a hunger. There's a hunger like I haven't seen. 
And it's amazing when you just say yes and open your mouth in love, whether it's a smile, you know, I paid for somebody behind me at a grocery store. I wasn't masked and they were masked. It was amazing. The effect I just felt like I was supposed to just a simple act of kindness. And they chased me down in the parking lot and asked me why and what I wanted. And I just said, God loves you. And it was an amazing opportunity. Never underestimate a simple act of obedience because obedience is better than sacrifice. Most definitely. Paul, I thank you for your good words. You uh, have spoken well, and I think your point is very well taken. Um, let me just say this. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, we are told exactly how God his, has shed his grace on America. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So we mustn't deceive ourselves by thinking that we can secure freedom and prosperity by any other means. It will never happen. Our land will not heal apart from God's grace. And God's grace comes from living the Christian life in the everyday walk, just as Paul Cantrell has shared with us. It's doing the little things, the sharing, the caring that makes all the difference. Proclaiming the best scientific data available will not help solve the problem. How many scientists and, and medical doctors have you listened to? And how many are still wearing masks because they're just told to do that? So what good is the science done? And exposing the wickedness alone will not suffice because we are told not only to expose it, but to have no fellowship with those works of darkness. And so we must not participate in it, and we must not make excuses for our own weak attempts to speak against the evil and then cave into the pressure as soon as we are confronted in any way that might threaten us, even with things like money. We need to put our money where our mouth is, perhaps because uh, money is the real God that we serve. That might be the reason we do or do not do what we claim to believe. We must appeal to the Constitution but that will not deter the imposters. So what I am saying is that unless we repent from our wicked ways and actually turn back to God and pray to him and seek his face, then God will not hear our cries of despair, despite the many good words of the watchmen who are sounding the trumpet. Those cries will grow ever stronger as the enemy of our souls bears down on our bodies and our minds and capitalizes on your weaknesses and mine because of self-indulgence. No, the more we seek to save our lives, the more we will forfeit our lives. I'd like to thank Paul Cantrell, uh, pastor of a home church and a, uh, an officer with Free Oregon. It's a great organization that is actually moving and doing some things, and those things are going in God's direction. When we shun God, remember, he shuns us. It's that simple. If you're our pastor, then shepherd your flock, but lead in a way that pleases God, not men. And if you claim to be a Christian, then strive to speak the truth and live by it. Don't be afraid of a little persecution. We should fear God alone and never never fear man, because when we do that, 
America would become a great nation again. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latulip. I hope and pray that you will live for Jesus Christ this week and make God first in your life because that will make America great again. Adieu.